Hey, Cheese Mosos. I'm Igby. I'm Stephanie. And we are very serious. The Cheese McQueens. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> I swear, next season, we're going to record the damn intro. <laughs> you don't want to keep it spicy? I don't. I don't. <laughs> well, all right. You don't enjoy me trolling you every week? Not at all. I love it. But welcome, welcome, welcome. We are the Cheeseman Queens. Cheeseman means gossip, plain and simple. But do we have any this week? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> it's been super dry in the street. And what made it even worse is Netflix putting up season 10. So people are talking about that instead of the current season. Yeah. And I'm like, shut up. That was like two years ago. We know. <laughs> Brandon's a little bitch. Michael's a liar. Okay, the other people are boring. You're late. Why? Yeah, why would they just put 10 there? That's weird. Where are the other ones? Where does Lifetime keep those other seasons? Were they on Hulu? I don't I don't know. Oh, no. You know what? I'm thinking of 90 Day Before Discovery Plus. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, all the other... You can buy the seasons to stream, like on Amazon or youtube but i don't yeah, think I don't they do were it. streaming anywhere just hmm. like the current season yeah so they're just gonna have to wait for season 11 and 12 and 13 <laughs> to get to <laughs> netflix whenever they decide to upload a new season it's weird very strange and it's in like the top five i saw that yeah but so is shrek it's a good movie i've seen shrek like 25 times <laughs> <laughs> and it comes off of netflix tomorrow because there's always that little warning Aww. and i can't wait for it to be gone <laughs> anyway <laughs> the only cheese is i called it last week i said if steve was smart he'd drop get down on itunes and what did he do he made it public it's on spotify it's on itunes you can get down with steve moy i'm gonna have to play it in the car see if it really is slapping <laughs> i wonder how much it is i didn't even look oh it's on spotify free <laughs> oh is it on spotify free yeah that's really really funny so there's another income stream for old steve two cents a play <laughs> yep always thinking I wouldn't even be surprised if his like corny ass went and like retroactively filmed a video or something. I mean, his little ad for it looked like he was doing something with his LED lights and his stupid backwards hat. There was two men in this episode with backwards hats. And I was like, y'all are too old to be wearing your hat backwards. Mm -mm, not in Boston. Mm, in Texas. Mm. People would be looking at you sideways. At least I would. <laughs> I wouldn't even be paying attention to you. So. <laughs> anyway, well, I guess since there's not any cheese, you want to hop into the episode? Married at First Sight, season 14, episode 16. Igby, do you have a title? The title of the episode is Are You In or Are You Out? Creative. Not a direct pull from something someone said like it normally is. <laughs> oh, wait, yes. It is. Who said it? Lindsay. Oh, did she? Mm -hmm. I guess I wasn't paying attention too hard to her. The 
let's jump into it. How about some Katina and Olajuwon to start us off? Coach Mac, coming in again. Olajuwon's only friend. <laughs> I For real, your only friend is your old coach? Like, oh. I feel kind of bad for him. Well, it's the same thing with, like, Michael. Like, you only talk to your sisters. You don't have any friends. Every time they've had to bring outside people, it's his sister <laughs> or sisters. Yeah. You don't know anybody else. Well, I will say this. Coach Mac is a father figure to Olajuwon, a mentor of some sort. So, you know, he does value his advice. So, and and he delivers. Coach Mac has some pretty good advice. He tells the coach that he's trying to figure out things before decision day. Katina and him have great chemistry. She's beautiful. Yes, she is. She's funny. Yes, she is. And she's a business major. But now she wants to go into nursing. So that's going to put her at five years of school minimum that she needs to complete. And that's what he doesn't like because he wants to travel and uh, she thinks she can travel the world, be a wife, be a mother and a student. Didn't he say like do her books? He said something. He, oh, I'm like, you sound so stupid. Why the hell would I listen to anything you say? <laughs> you can't even conjugate verbs, right? <laughs> So why are you an authority on anything? Shut up. You know, someone on Reddit pointed out that maybe he doesn't want her to be a nurse because then she'll be banking and he will have a complex about her making more money than him. Totally possible. Very possible. I, I didn't even think about that. But then somebody said that Katina's making like 70 Gs, 80K in the job she has. So why would she leave that? But you have to remember, the dollar doesn't go as far as it does here, there. Oh, that's true. I didn't think about that. The cost of living is like through the roof. That's true. So that isn't that much over there. Over here, that's a lot. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that makes more sense. In an ITM, Olajuwon says he's over school. He doesn't want to even hear about school. So Katina thinks she can travel the world and hop in and out of school. His ex was like that and that he struggled with that. And that's pretty much why they broke up. Coach Mac's advice is that it sounds like they're not on the same page and they should be on the same page as husband and wife. So the real question is, is she the one? Bum, bum, bum. And that was the end of that, supposedly the end of that conversation. Doubt it. Uh, but that's where they chose to end with a commercial. Right. Next time we see uh, Olajuwon and Katina go on one last date before decision day. Katina says that the past two weeks have gone by super fast. And she's glad they were matched. And they've had a lot of fun. On, in an ITM, she says that the dinner is nice, but it's bittersweet. Neither of them know what each other is going to say on decision day. And when Olajuwon is by himself, his mind goes to work. So that is kind of concerning to her. He's going to think too much. With what brain? I don't know. Olajuwon asks if she has any lingering questions. And Katina says no because they talk all the time. So they both need to just take time to themselves and reflect and think about what they really need out of a partner. Olajuwon agrees. He says they need to figure out what they want together and independently, which is a good way of going about this, I think. Katina asks if he has any lingering questions and he says no. He asks about her school and if she really thinks she can balance everything. And Katina answers like a boss. She says, I wouldn't have signed up for this to be a wife if she didn't think she was capable of doing everything she wants to do. Being a wife is really important to her. And then he interrupts her and he's like, why? He was kind of like a 
dick, right? Yeah, I didn't like this at all because he's like giving her the third degree. He like can't even look at her. He's too busy eating his steak and like running her. Like, no, I didn't like it at all. It was so dismissive and disrespectful. It's like, okay, you asked me a question. Why don't you look at my face? And let me answer it without interrupting me. Right. But she is really cool about it. She says that she wants a partner. She wants a family. She wants to experience life with someone. And he interrupts again. He's like, you don't think you can experience life or have a partner without being married? And she says, no, you can. But in the end, she wants it to end in marriage. He is just really focused on his steak, like we said. And she looks super, she has like this panicked kind of concerned look in her face and um, has no idea where this conversation is going. And in ITM, she says that the decision is important and life-altering. It's a new world and a new life. If she were to go back to being single, it would be like starting all over again. Then Olajuwon asks if she ever felt this way in this short amount of time. And she says, no, this is the first time she's ever experienced a relationship like this. And even the feelings are more mature and they're stronger. He then asks why she has these feelings. And she says that she loves their connection, their vibe, how they naturally get along. She even loves his tough love, the way they laugh together. That's their, her favorite thing. And Elijah says that's his favorite thing, too, that they laugh every day. He says that he hasn't been with a woman who's made him laugh so easy. He thinks there's a level of yourself that you won't ever reach unless you're with the woman that you love. He has learned to smile and laugh easier because she is in his life and he truly enjoys her. No one could have made him feel the way she has or made him learn about himself the way he has. she has. He sees why the experts chose her. And she says she's going to shed a tear. And he says he's happy because he felt like he went from a boy to a man and he could not have done that without her. So he thanks her and whatever their decision is, there's no regrets. Barf. <laughs> it's gonna be real 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 nasty if he says all this shit to her and they're like but i'm good that's a no for me thanks he's gonna pull his act oh my god except katina has done nothing crazy <laughs> that also she's katina just has done... been abused for eight weeks she's just taking it did you see online they were making fun of him because he was drinking from like the uh decanter Yes. I was like, what are you doing, bro? Come on. Classy, as as always. And Katina sure didn't correct him either. Because <laughs> she knows better because she goes out to eat all the time. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, right. Do you think he wanted to walk home? This, yeah, that's true. I bet he can't wait for this whole process to be over because people are just going to be making fun of him or have been making fun of him for weeks. So he deserves it probably eats him up don't act like a clown right don't be an asshole katina and elajuan are then seen what brushing their teeth together that little scene where he pretends it's a train like she's a toddler and instructs her when and where to brush her teeth (laughs) so annoying and weird i don't know what this show has (laughs) brushing teeth it's so weird it is. Maybe they have a Colgate-ist sponsor or something. I guess. <laughs> and then we see Katina packing. Elijah one is helping her. 
in an ITM, she says that she was really wasn't focused on decision day. She was just focusing on getting to know her partner and it kind of just snuck up on her. So she's really shocked that decision day is here. She asks Olajuwon if he's nervous about being alone with his thoughts. And he says, no, he's going to appreciate it. He's going to weigh the pros and the cons, how he feels. He might shed a tear. And in his ITM, he says that this is a life decision. He said, even if this was love, you still have to take time and think it through. He's going to take his time and trying to really take in everything they've been through together. And then he asked her how she would feel if she ended up single tomorrow. And just like, I feel like really strange about this. Like if, if they really know, know each other, I feel like, okay. So remember Gil and Mirla, Mm -hmm. they obviously discussed like what was going to happen beyond decision day. Mm -hmm. And, and these two seem like they don't talk about anything beyond that. So he's just like torturing her on purpose. (laughs) It's just like, so so awful. (laughs) It's like, how are you going to feel when you're single tomorrow? And she says she's going to be sad. She didn't sign up to get a divorce. So it's going to take her time to process it and get over it. And then she asked the same thing of him. How are you going to feel? And he says he would be sad, but he always knew it was going to be an outcome. So he'll overcome it. It'll be fine. But you're a female. He started saying something stupid. (laughs) Did you catch that part? I don't remember. He goes, do you know what I mean? And she's like, no. Like implying that because she's a female, she's going to be hit harder. Like, she's going to be in her feelings harder than him. That he would be sad. Yeah, right. Bitch, you cry every episode. Right? He is always crying. You're constantly looking like you're on the verge of tears. So, <laughs> yeah. He says he would be sad, because it, but it hasn't happened yet. So, he doesn't really know how he's going to feel tomorrow. And in an ITM, uh, this is... So, I was, the whole episode, I was like, when do we see Katina pat her head and it's in the itm the producer asks how she feels about possibly getting divorced and she is in tears patting that head she says that it's a scary thing because you put a lot of effort into getting to know someone so if it doesn't work out it's kind of like a draining feeling but she is distraught about this idea elajuan then says no matter our decision tomorrow he wants her to know that he truly cares for her he's happy to have met her He hopes she chooses what is best for her. He doesn't want her to base her decision on other people and what they are thinking. This decision is deeper than her just saying that it was a good time. He wants her to do what's best for her because she deserves that. And he wants her to be selfish because that is what he's going to do. Shocker. And then we see them depart and she tells him not to think too much about his decision because he's an overthinker. And then the next time we see them, they are at their own places. And Elajuan says it's weird not having Katina beside him. And then when they cut to Katina, she says it feels like she started a new life two months ago. And now she has to figure out what the next chapter is. And that's it. That's all I have for them. I I hope she says no. <laughs> I hope so too. But That would just sting him so bad. I hope she says no. But I know she's not going to. Maybe she'll shock us all and be like, stand up and it'll be like, you know what? You've been an asshole to me this entire time. I hope so. (laughs) I would never want to stay married to you. Fuck off for life. (laughs) 
that's not gonna happen but after that itm yeah after that itm i was like really that's what she's crying about the possibility of a divorce she's crying about it i don't know we'll see in two weeks all right let's move on to jasmina and michael jasmina and michael she looked great <laughs> they both look so good together oh that's get it together guys so off top, we get a little small clip of Michael in his car after a workout, I presume, because he's extremely sweaty. He is very sweaty. But he tells the diary cam that right now he has a friend and that's not what he signed up for. He wants a wife. He says the only thing he can do at this point is be his authentic self and hopefully Jasmina can start to feel some feels somewhere. But the next scene we see is it's time to talk to family and friends. So Michael goes over to his sister's house to talk to the three of them about his situation. He says this is the first time they've been able to all get together since he got married. We also learned that there's a new addition to the family. So the last time they were together, his sister Tina was pregnant, but now a little baby girl is here. She's super cute. She's so cute. Getting passed around, as any baby should. Yep. <laughs> uh, so they start talking. Michael says that the last time he saw them was two weeks before he got married, which was 65 days ago. And now it's already time for decision day. Uh, Tina asked him what he's been stressing about. And he says that he's talked to Claire most about the situation. So he asked her, Claire, what she thinks they need to focus on in order to confidently say yes on decision day. Claire says that they both want and are looking for the same thing, but for some reason they aren't giving it to each other. She thinks that they both are over-processing the situation and overthinking. They do a lot of foreshadowing. Well, Michael says that there's good news because he thinks they've kind of gotten over that hump in their relationship. They've cleared the air of all of that. He thinks that now they're on the same page and they're aligned with what they think they need to change in their relationship. Michael again says he came into this not wanting a friend. He wants his wife to be his best friend, but not just a friend. He says that there's a short time until decision day and he doesn't know what to do. Uh, so then his sister asks if there's any progress that's been made so far that isn't, is that enough for him to like have trust to move forward? Yeah. Uh, she, he says he doesn't know. His sister goes on to explain, you know, that it's really a st sticky situation because you don't want to be pushy to make Jasmina feel uncomfortable, but you also can't, you know, lay back too long and then you're not getting what you need in the relationship either. Yeah. Uh, so Claire tells him that she thinks he should take time with himself to see what he's willing to compromise on and if he feels that that would be worth doing. Is it really worth it to go out on a limb, have hope and say, maybe you'll get what you want eventually? She says, from her perspective, it seems like that counts for a lot and he really needs to think. And I think I saw a post earlier um, where people were talking about how people see decision day as like end all be all. Mm -hmm. And I think that's interesting. Like in this situation, that's like what his sister is saying. Like, okay, yeah. just go. Are you willing to give it a chance past decision day just to see if you if outside of this environment, if things change? I was thinking that too. Yeah. I mean, because in theory, they maybe date another two or three months. See if anything's progressed. And if not, you have no assets together. You have no children together. 
you have nothing to go to and you both agree that it's not working, get a divorce. You, you shell out a couple grand each and that's a lot of money. Yes. But it, isn't it worth the chance if you have so much going for you at the moment? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Rachel and Jose. It. Clara yeah. and I in it. Mm, okay. <laughs> but these two are way more cuter than, than those couples. <laughs> Those couples were each very cringy. I see, you know what I mean? Like, Jose had really a big control issues. Yeah. Um, and so did Ryan, actually. And it always seemed really strange. Like, that. those two were really weird couples. But Jasmina and, and Michael seemed completely normal. Like, I don't, I can't find a fault with either of them, together or separate. She's got a point. Bill? Anyway, Jasmina is talking to her friend Miles on like Zoom or Skype. What's up, Miles? Hey, Miles. Hi. You're cute. He's like beautiful. If I could get your like Skype name or whatever. <laughs> He's too beautiful. I know. <laughs> Very pretty. Excellent teeth. Yes. And the eyes. Super cute. Mm -hmm. Like Jasmina, date him. <laughs> right off the bat, he asks her how it's been going. And have things been more romantic or having feelings developed? She says it's going okay, but even though she feels more connected to Michael, there's still not those kind of feelings there just yet. With three days to go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she says they're not in the space that she wants them to be in in order for her to go into decision day feeling 100% confident. She's still looking for that deeper connection. Miles asks her what's holding her back from being intimate. And she says they've had moments where she felt the connection getting deeper, but it wasn't necessarily moments where she looked at him in that way. So Miles asks if he's made any efforts or, you know, try to put any moves on her or anything like that. And she says that he does small things like he'll reach to hold her hand or give her kisses on the cheek if they're like watching TV or whatever, but that's about it. So Miles asks if Michael were to be more upfront and outward about his feelings and told her directly that he wants this to work, would that change her mindset? She says yes. She says she thinks that he's pretty much like in his head about this whole thing and consciously is trying not to talk about it or make a move on her because he doesn't want to make her uncomfortable mm -hmm. so he asks if she thinks it's at a point where she would pull out all the stops and let him know if he opens up more emotionally and tell her specifically how he feels about the relationship and about her would that help anything she says she hadn't even considered that and Miles tells her, well, give it a try and see how it goes. At this point, you should be doing whatever it takes to see if you can make this work. She agrees and says that if she gets to decision day and doesn't have the feels, it's going to be a no for her, dog. I don't, I don't know what to say about this because so Michael isn't putting in more of the moves because he's trying to respect her boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. But if he is also putting little kisses on her and holding her hand and so she knows his feelings and if they're talking about babies she knows his intention right so i'm gonna call bull, bull on that <laughs> yeah and she's not putting moves on him because she's already saying she doesn't look at him like that yeah he's already in the friend zone 
Friend zone. Oh no, don't say that. You can get out, but I don't know if Michael has the skills. I don't know. But they are going on their final date night. So we're going salsa dancing. They pull up to the you know dance studio. They both look fantastic. Michael so is cute. cleaned up nicely. Jasmine has got her little freakum red dress on with the back out and a slit up the side. And I was like, okay, <laughs> hurdle. Do it. She's that red dress lady emoji. Yes. <laughs> exactly. She understood the assignment. Jasmina tells the instructor that Mike thinks he's going to be better at this than her. And Mike says, yeah, it's because he has it in his heart. He was born a dancer. <laughs> Mike says that he cares for Jasmina more than ever. And he hopes that this activity will kind of activate the romantic romance part of their relationship. So then we see a montage of them going through the lesson. They look super cute. They look like they're having a ball, having a good mm -hmm. old time, laughing and shucking and jiving like they normally do. And, you know, that's a change of pace as far as the Latin dance lessons we've seen in the last few seasons on this show. <laughs> Nobody left crying. <laughs> I'm looking at you, uh, Michaela and Vincent. <laughs> oh, I forgot about Vince. He was so butthurt. <laughs> he was he had, mad. <laughs> like, I was mad because my shirt didn't fit. I couldn't get the steps. Fuck all the dancing. <laughs> Uh, too funny. Been there, bro. Been there. <laughs> the buttons clinging for dear life. <laughs> Not life. Yep. <laughs> Jasmina says that her and Michael are having a great time together. The music is great. He's really picking up on the moves. And this is the Michael she wants to see every day. This is who she wants to grow with. She hopes that they'll be more connected after this. So in the corner of the studio, they've set up dinner for them. There's a little table with roses, champagne, whole nine yards. And Michael says that coming into the experiment, he had a concrete idea in his head of what a husband should be. If he could go back, he would listen first and find out what her needs are. He would have communicated more with her and not have created you know, his own ideas in his head. He wasted a lot of time in the beginning being in and out of his thoughts and creating certain narratives. Throughout the experiment, he's really found out a lot about himself and he thanks her for that. And you can tell she's getting a little emotional, like she can barely mm -hmm. squeak out like, you're welcome, <laughs> because she's like reclipped. Uh, but- But she has no feelings, right? Right. <laughs> she says that she appreciates him saying what he just said because he's not very vocal about his feelings and sometimes She's too far on the other end of the spectrum where she's too honest and too raw. So uh, she asked him how he feels now. And he tells her that he has romantic feelings towards her. There's no question to him why they were matched. He has no doubt. He says that because of the nature of their relationship, um, so far there are times when those feelings aren't as intense as he would want them to be, but he does still have them. And then he asks her how she feels. And she says she feels like everything has been, everything they've been doing up until this point has been making it better. But as far as romantic feelings, she just doesn't have it yet. She says she's in a place where she loves how they get along, how goofy they are, how silly they are, how they get each other and how much they have in common. But she basically says she doesn't know if he's in the friend zone or not. Yeah. Uh, she says it's something that she's really been going back and forth with in a voiceover. We hear Mike saying that this date was not going the way he thought it was going to go. 
Uh, he says it's heartbreaking to hear that she doesn't have any feelings for him. Back at the table, he says maybe they need to think about what they can do to turn this into more of a relationship, not a friendship. They just need to bang at this point. Mm. It wouldn't hurt. Try it. <laughs> it could. <laughs> <laughs> but you would know for sure. That is true. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a yeah. for sure reason to say no. <laughs> yes. If you already aren't like feeling it. Although, no, no, never mind. I was going to say, I was going to say, you know, when you're first getting to know each other, it could be bad at the beginning. But then mm -hmm. I was like, oh, wait, I've never stayed with anybody. <laughs> this is really bad. <laughs> We're like, oh, wait a minute. We should have done this earlier. So I would have known to end this. <laughs> Yikes. Mm. Never mind. That's bad advice. But yeah, no, I mean, it's good advice that they should just bang it out and they would know for sure. Each of them. Hey, man, do your dirt. But they didn't do that, so. We don't know that. We do know that. We, we do know that. Well, come on. Well, their final scene is uh, they're back in their bedroom in the apartment. It looks like Jasmina is packing up some things. She asks Mike how he's feeling, and he says the same for the most part. Uh, decision day came a lot quicker than he thought it would, but they finally got to a good place, and then boom, it's decision day like that. Uh, Jasmina asks him what he's going to do with his time away from her. He says he definitely wants to get a good night's sleep so that he has a clear head, clear mind on decision day. Uh, but beyond that, he's just going to do a lot of reflecting. He's going to try to take it all in. And she says she's kind of, she says she's going to do the same thing. Tomorrow is going to be a big day that will affect the rest of their lives. So they have to really think long and hard about what they're going to do. And in ITM, Jasmina says that she doesn't know if there will be or can be a spark in their relationship. They're at a place where everything is good, so anything could happen, but she has to decide within herself if she sees him as a friend or as a husband. She has a lot of thinking to do because she really doesn't know. It cuts back to them in the bedroom and Michael comments on how mellow Jasmina is. And she says, actually, she's really nervous and anxious. But he says she's holding it together because he couldn't tell. She tells him that she might be fooling him now, but tomorrow might be a whole nother story. <laughs> uh, he says that he's also um, anxious and very nervous going into decision day because it's the biggest decision he's ever made in his life. He says not knowing how things are going to unfold is really anxiety inducing. Like, he doesn't know what Jasmine is going to say. Are they going to have the same decision? Are they going to have opposite answers? There's just a lot of questions. He says that having this time right before decision day is really important to them. It cuts back to them in bed. And Jasmina says that the first time they came back from the honeymoon and she was going back to her apartment, he couldn't wait for her to leave. But now <laughs> he's practically begging her to stay. Like, don't leave. Oh. And they have a little laugh over it. And he says, well, it's different because the first time I knew you were going to come back. We were just going to, you know, wipe the slate clean and start over. It was like a brand new, real beginning of our marriage. Not all the rainbows and puppies from the wedding and honeymoon, even though they didn't have rainbows and puppies. No, they honeymoon. didn't. For, yeah. <laughs> and four weeks of uh-ohs. Fight about fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he says at this point, it's a bigger deal because there's all these questions up in the air and all this uncertainty. So he doesn't know if it's going to be a new beginning 
or the end. And that's the end for this episode for them. Did you notice that none of these men walked their wives out to the curb with and helped them with their luggage? None of them. <laughs> I think that's a production thing. They want to get that shot, that hallway, long walk down the hallway. She looked real dumb trying to pull her suitcase and the dog at the same time. I was like, oh no. Even then, like when she was leaving the apartment, he's like, you better make the right decision. She's like, I'm going to make the right decision. I know. And he's like, think about our family. Family. Yeah. Our baby, Mr. Feeney. My stepson. I I hope, you know, at the very beginning, she said she loves drama. I hope this is all drama. And she's just like, I'm just kidding. I love you so much. Let's stay married. I hope, yeah, I, I, even if they don't make it in the long run, I hope they at least try. Try, give it yeah. A try. So then when we see they broke up at the reunion, we'll be like, oh man. At least they tried. At least they tried. <laughs> um, here's a couple that I wish they won't try. Um, is Noi and Steve. They get on my nerves so much. So, so, so much. When at the beginning, I used to love them so, so much. and uh, Until the real Noi showed up. <laughs> Hell yeah. I was like, oh no. So we start with Noi, actually. And she's with her friend at the beach and they're catching up. They start discussing how things are going, of course. And Noi says they started off really great. But when they started living together, things got rocky. But it does look like they have made a turn for the good. The friend says that the last time they spoke, she was kind of upset because Steve said that she wasn't really contributing, which sounds really bizarre to the friend. Because no- Noi is such a nurturer. When? When was that? No. <laughs> even with her own damn dog, she didn't even walk <laughs> walk him anymore. <laughs> when is she nurturing? Wants Sushi, sushi to have his independence. Sure, sure, sure. She wants him to bond with Daddy Steve. Okay. <laughs> Noi says she was equally confused at the accusation. She does things, but she just doesn't announce them like, like she... Like he does, apparently. and uh, But now she does vocalize that she appreciates him doing things. And that seems to have made things better. The friend then asks about Steve's job situation and really doesn't know why Steve just can't go get a job. Noe says she's kind of come to terms with that already. She thinks he can only focus on one thing at a time. So right now he's focusing on his marriage. And then he'll focus on what he ne- ne- he wants to do to support his family and marriage. He could easily get a job, so she is kind of annoyed because she's always been a hustler, and she doesn't understand how he can go through life like that, but good for him. Yeah, and she does a little... Passive-aggressive much? Yes, Uh, and the friend is laughing because Noi is eye-rolling and has lots of attitude. She also says it's scary because it's a lot of faith she has to put into a person she's only known for two months. In an ITM, she says she loves Steve, but she wonders if he if they have enough of a foundation for their marriage to be everlasting. And the last line she gives the friend is that she trusts him more now, but she needs to weigh the pros and cons, and that's scary. Now we go to Steve, who is um, with his friend Paria. Is that how you say it? Mm-hmm. And uh, for the first time I've ever seen a very blatant ad. <laughs> Straight up commercial. It was very strange and awkward, but um, yeah, she's coming over to help him pick out a new ring for Noi. I'm assuming it's for decision day because he didn't bust it out any because she would have said yes. 
if she gave if he gave it to her before decision day, but um, I guess he wants to see what she says on decision day. Uh, he thinks Noi deserves this ring for some reason because she has showed up in the marriage from the start, and she continues to meet him in the middle to make this marriage work. When uh, I don't know. He wants to give her something really special to show her how he feels. And then they go through the steps on the website. Again, obvious advertisement for the website. It, I believe Steve probably got a discount. Uh, his friend said that guys show their commitment through what they invest in. So it's nice when they show that they invest in you. It's nice to have a nice ring. And the ring gives the message to other men to back off. Very, very strange. But that's the end of that segment. Thank God. FYI, um, I looked mm -hmm. it up. Looked what up? The ring. Oh, okay. Do tell. So, first of all, those are lab-created diamonds, not natural diamonds. Oh, maybe he doesn't want blood diamonds, Igby. Maybe this is all fake, Stephanie. <laughs> Steve Millionaire's ring. Uh, looks like the setting was $840. And mm -hmm. then 1.02 carat diamond for $1670. So Total. No, that's just for the diamond. Oh, okay. So what's the total? I don't do math. Uh, oh, okay. Sorry. I thought you were prepared for this assignment. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I we were talking about this earlier and I was saying, I think it's interesting that production would have the couple whose main problem is finances have him buy <laughs> a $2,000 plus ring like she's not already bitching at him about money. <laughs> this would be a problem. She would be mad that he wasted quote unquote money on this. I think so. I think so. I think she would probably even think that he put it on credit mm. and that would piss her off even more. I'm just guessing, but I think, I think that she probably would. It's just four easy payments on afterpay. <laughs> not afterpay. They could have thrown that ad in there too. <laughs> it's on the Klarna. <laughs> exactly. Easy peasy. Everybody's happy. We'll see. We'll see how she reacts to it if it actually happens. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. So then they go out to their couple dinner, their last dinner before decision day. She asked Steve, if a year ago, if someone asked if you were ready for marriage, would you have said yes? And Steve is like, yeah, I've been married for a few years now. Uh, and basically because he's been around his family and hanging around with his nieces and nephews, he's, he, you know, he wanted really has been wanting to get married for a while. She asks how he's feeling about not living together after decision day. Do you think that will regress the marriage? And he says he doesn't know. And she doesn't think that their emotions will change as far as love and the bond that they have. And Steve's like, but it could because they're not constantly together. In an ITM, she says she's just not comfortable yet giving up everything and moving moving in together especially because she doesn't know a lot of, they have a lot of unresolved issues so she says it's scary back at the table he says that they don't have to have a, the perfect marriage before decision day that's not an expectation and their main point is that they have enough to carry on and that's the decision they have to make she says she still has questions about his work and his career she doesn't know the steve that has a job and her instinct is to worry. He says, yeah, but we've talked about this. And, you know, she's talked to his friends. She's talked to his family who have vouched for him that he can work and has worked. And she still continues to doubt him. And she disagrees. She's like, I don't doubt you. 
but I need to see some action. So you do doubt it. <laughs> he says that's what he's struggling with, with her, that her skepticism. He asks her, do you even know what a sales engineer is? And she says, no, because we don't talk about these things. What? Really? That's like first week stuff. What is your job? Tell me all about what you do at work or what you have done. She has no idea. Exactly. And if they had talked about it, maybe she would have a better understanding of how that industry works. A lot of times those people are contracted. So you can maybe take a contract for six months. Then you have the option to take a month off if you want to before mm -hmm. you go to the next one. So which a lot of people do and you know you're making good money so you can float a little bit but yeah since she has no concept of what he does and had selfishly didn't even care to ask what all she knew is he wasn't getting a w2 and that was a problem <laughs> so weird which i just do not get who why is she so obsessed with this like who wants to be a slave to a job if you don't have to be why right? would you want to work if you didn't have to mm-hmm work on something you're not necessarily passionate about or you know something yeah. like that but i don't understand like it's it's just not even in the realm of yeah. what she understands like at all and i i just i think it's just so if she's so worried about it she should have been asking about this i don't understand but that's her whole thing she just wants to avoid having conversation mm-hmm uh, but, but again you know and i bring up uh gil and mirla again last season this was an issue for them and the experts made them show each other their bank accounts that was their homework assignment why haven't they done that here that should have been a homework assignment just like last season because she can't know that he's a millionaire <laughs> it was in his contract yes <laughs> so dumb come on now just wait just you wait in two weeks three weeks we're gonna find out steve's net worth <laughs> He's going to put out a Cribs episode oh on Oh my gosh. With his dumb backwards hat. His music video for Get Down is going to come out. <laughs> it's going to blow up. Another income stream. Just wait. He's going to go on tour. <laughs> All that. I don't know. Well, you know what? His mixtape probably has 19 more jams on there. <laughs> if, oh God, was If Mike from 90 Day can get a club booking, Steve can get a club booking. <laughs> This is true. And he knows it. You've seen that douchebag website he has. So he's going to like start posting travel videos on YouTube where he mm -hmm. he knows exactly what he's doing. And she's all about her dancing on TikTok. She should know this. It gets me so mad that they don't have basic conversations. <sighs> so Steve then tells her that it was really hard to get the position that he had. So he has the capability and the skills to work. And she continues to not take what he says as significant. And Noy's like, yeah, well, the stakes are high. So she can only go off what she knows. She knows he's working on things, but she doesn't know what that means. How does it translate to income? He tells her that they've talked about this. So that's not fair of her. In ITM, she says that she has always worked. She wants three kids. She wants their family to be comfortable. So she needs her partner to contribute. They need savings. They need a place to live. She doesn't want to relinquish control over her security. Does she honestly think that Steve will not work to the point where they will be homeless? This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous at this point. He has a home now without working. <laughs> By himself. Yes. In Boston. 
that's not a studio with lights okay yeah in new ones. every room <laughs> that he can control from his phone because he's fancy he says that he owns that building <laughs> he probably does watch that's so funny he says take some faith in me and she says she can't know what she doesn't know and he says he doesn't know how he feels about that bum, bum, bum. but then you see him cozying up in bed they're snuggling it's their last night together sushi is going to town on himself what do you say if you shake it more than three times you're just playing for the night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no yeah steve if he'll miss her and sushi and he says he'll definitely miss sushi and she says sushi and not me she tells him that if he says no on decision day to her he's saying no to sushi as well in itm steve says that they have mixed feelings about their unresolved issues he's worried noi has held her feelings back she's always had a hard time expressing them so going into decision day that's a big concern steve then asks her what she would have done differently and she doesn't ask answer she says what would he have changed and Steve says he would have got a job. <laughs> and then she's like, what's your real answer? He says, I would have eaten the pasta. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I, but I bet you he really thinks that. <laughs> for real, like for all the drama it caused. the pasta part. Yeah, because that's when things got rocky. But they're both cracking up. He doesn't know what else he would have changed. She says it's funny now, but at the time it really was not funny. <laughs> she asked if he wished she had done anything different. And he says, yeah, understanding that, that they should treat each other equally. If she has something to ask of him, she can anytime. But if it was reversed, she snaps at him. And she rolls her eyes, of course, because she's immature. He says it doesn't make him comfortable. He should be able to feel comfortable about asking her for things as she is comfortable asking him for things. And ITM, Noy says it's their final night together and he's still counting things up, trying to get it to 50-50. If they choose to stay together and they still have to work on these issues, it's going to be an issue for her. She says that she's not perfect and neither is he. And that's where they end there. They say goodbye the next uh, morning, exchanged I love yous, and then they're back. No. Huh? What? He said, I love you. And she said, mm, no, okay. she said, I love you. Because mm -mm. I thought no, she, she did didn't. when she she said that. Mm, and then she said, I love you. Because I was like, oh, is she not going to mm. say it? I oh, rewind that tape. Play, the Play tape. that tape. I'm pretty sure she said, I love you, too. Because he said it. She said, hmm. And then she went in for a hug. And he hugged her. And mm. then she left. I think she said it. Did not telling you she didn't well, say it. Look it up later and let me know. I will. <laughs> Damn it. And they separate noise back there. I, well, I, had a, I saw that um, someone said they, they weren't back at their own places. They're at a hotel, I guess. Yeah, because the girls all had the same background. So they're separate. Noise says it's weird being without him. And Steve is wearing his stupid backwards hat and says that not living together after decision day is still an issue for him. And then my last note for them is his hat backwards is dumb. <laughs> That really bothered you, huh? He is 38 years old. They probably stay in the hotel because uh, so production mm -hmm. can watch them. Make sure they don't. Funny run, business on the last day. <laughs> All right, yeah. last couple, Mark and Lindsay. Mac and Lindsay, and the most disgusting 
scene in Married at First Sight I history. I believe they did this. I mean, I can because it's Lindsay. I can't believe they put it on TV. Yeah. Like, it extended. But we open to Lindsay in bed with her bonus babies, a.k.a. Mark's cat. She tells one of them, Rocky, that she loves him very much. But Queen Chloe, the cat that she is infinitely jealous of, <laughs> she just likes her. Love is a strong word, and she's just not feeling that with Chloe yet, because Chloe could take her place at any mm-hmm. moment. So next we see Mark and Lindsay are sharing a meal at the island in the kitchen, and Lindsay says the plan is to eat and then do a home fertility test. Mark asks what the test going to tell them, and she says your sperm count. Exactly what I want to hear during dinner. <laughs> right? Mmm. In an ITM, Lindsay says that decision day is approaching and that they're doing well. She says that since her and Mark are on the end of the fertility spectrum, since they're both a little bit upward in age, uh, she wants to do this fertility test because it potentially could affect her decision on Mm -hmm. decision day. So back in the kitchen, she tells Mark that she's a planner, so she wants to get as many of the facts as possible. She says that she can tell by the way he loves his pets, he would be a good dad. She thinks that he would make his kids a priority, and that's important to her. So she might consider incubating a child for him. And an ITM Mark says that there's no rush for any baby sharks, but he is curious to see where he is as far as being a father um, or being able to father a child. Uh, It goes back to them in the apartment, and the two of them go into the bedroom. We can't see anything, but the mics are still hot. And Lindsay is telling Mark that he needs to ejaculate and she might help. (laughs) So I assume some time passes and Mark says he needs to watch a video to get things going. And Lindsay's like, hello, I'm right here. Uh, You would think that would be a sign. Maybe you shouldn't have a baby Mm -hmm. together, but. I know what man passes a blowy. I thought a handy. Either way. Either way. A live person. (laughs) (laughs) Either way. Exactly. That's how turned off. Yeah. He is by I mean, her. either way, he preferred to watch something on his phone. He says that it's just weird and awkward. Uh, but then they put up a black title card that says "A few moments <laughs> later." I guess Mark was able to make it do what it do because we hear Lindsay telling him his sperm doesn't look healthy <laughs> and he needs to start drinking some water because he's dehydrated. <laughs> Being the disgusting person she is, of course, she keeps it going and says that it looks like he's shooting Elmer's glue that's been left out for a week. A visualization I never wanted to have. Then, if you weren't grossed out yet, they take his cup of ejaculate to the kitchen island where they were just eating, where the cats walk all over, you know, and they do the actual test. Again, Lindsay being Lindsay says it's hard to look at her husband's splooge in a condiment <laughs> cup from a restaurant. I have not heard that vile word in a long time. Just she is vile. very crass. So then it cuts back to them actually doing the test. And it's it reminded me of those like home COVID tests that I'm mm-hmm. sure everybody at some point has mm-hmm. done one. Um, where you put the little swab and then you put the drops and then you wait for it to activate. And if you get two lines, then you're positive. They're waiting for it to develop. 
Mark says he's nervous while they're waiting because in his 20s, he had done some things to quote unquote enhance himself that could impact his ability to have kids. So me and the internet all assume Mm -hmm. roids in the gym. But then people too were saying like, like creatine powder and protein shakes and all that kind of stuff can affect your fertility Hmm. to get or your sperm count. Well, I I still think it was roids. After seeing his throwback pictures and such. True that. So finally, the results are ready, and it looks like Mark still got it. His little troopers are swimming by the millions. He says there are a lot of little sharks (laughs) dying to find an egg. Yeah, that was disgusting. And I also think that it's interesting that she's putting all this on him. Like, it doesn't take two people to make a baby. Like, what about you, sis? Were you at the OB getting your eggs counted? Or you just want to embarrass this man on TV? Yes. Is that what it is? Because I think that's what it is. But yeah, so so if there's a problem, we know Mark's good. Yeah, but if you're doing... That's a great point too, though. Like, shouldn't he have that information as well to make his decision on this marriage? If you're bringing mm-hmm. this up, how many eggs you got, girl? Are you like Angela and have got the one egg? One. <laughs> she can't tote no baby. <laughs> so next we see Mark. He's going to meet up with his friend John to talk. Of course, they have a dumbass handshake that they do with Another each other. man, too old to be wearing the backwards hat, but yes. I'm telling you, it's a Boston it's... thing. I'm telling you, finding out he's from Quincy made everything make sense. <laughs> uh, they hug it out. John says he's sorry about JC. Mm-hmm. And he asks how everything is going. And Mark says it's going. <laughs> it has been a very eventful week for him. He says that, unfortunately, on Monday, his mom ended up having to go to the hospital. He says it's hard because his mom is at a point where she's not taking care of herself like she should, um, even to the point where she's nervous about getting in and out of bed because apparently she's on the heavier side. And then if you're sedentary on top mm-hmm. of that, that just makes it even worse. Um, so at this point, he thinks that she needs a full-time healthcare facility for her. He thinks that would be the best so she can be monitored and have professional help, especially if he's not yeah. around as much. Then they show a clip of Lindsay talking to Mark's mom on the phone and she's telling her that they're just trying to help her and, you know, they want to get her out of the funk. You know, they know she's having kind of a depressive episode and they just Mm -hmm. are trying to help. I I thought that was really sweet of Lindsay to step in and because, you know, Mark is not great at vocalizing his feelings. Like, again, I, I, I really do believe she's probably a really good nurse. Like she has the bedside manner of, uh, of someone who's positive and energetic and um, might say something a little cringe at the moment. But um, I, I think overall, she probably does have really, really good uh, customer service. So I think she probably made Mark's mom feel, you know, better. Yeah, helpful. Then we see another clip of them where they're cleaning out Mark's mom's place. And we all know how things can accumulate over time. And this was his, before it was his mom's place, it was his grandma's place. Mm-hmm. So this is like two generations worth of stuff. Well, that, and if she's in a depressive state, it's probably not really well kept in at all. Right. And I mean, we see that like, he's got a stack of filled trash bags, mm-hmm. tells John that he's cleared out every cabinet. And uh, in the clip, Lindsay is saying that his house hasn't seen this, been in this shape in years. And he's really putting it together and really working hard and she's there to help him. Mark tells John that those are the times that he's really happy that Lindsay is around. When there's a moment where he needs support 
she's been there for him. He says, uh, then Thursday, that's when they had to put JC down. Uh, Mark says she showed up for that. When it really matters the most, she's there and that's huge. But they have these arguments that make him flip to the other side. Uh, This is what makes him feel so torn. He experiences both the high, super, super high and the super, super low all in the same week. And that's been like that every week during the experiment. Do you think that it'd be different when the cameras go away because she plays to the camera so much? Mm-hmm. Might be a little more tolerable. Turn down? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Because <laughs> it is, a lot of it is an act. Mm-hmm. Cry for attention. But he says that he would rather had more ups than downs in the past few weeks, but it's been kind of equal. So he can't really even go off that. John says that he should consider more so what is going on now. And, you know, considering all the things that Mark has on his plate, once things die down a little bit and he gets back to his regular schedule, then maybe they can start to work it out because it'll be more more even keeled. Yeah. John says he knows that Mark is looking at the whole previous eight weeks, but he really should be focusing on what Lindsay's shown him in this past week, because that's the actual progress. Mark says that this was probably one of the toughest weeks he's ever had in his life. And she was right there in the trenches with him. John says he's known Mark for a long time and transitions are not easy for him. This is the first woman that's challenged Mark in this way. And all he wants is somebody to build a life together with and grow with. Mark is also better when he's with someone and he might be seeing that now. Yeah, They go back to the table and uh, Mark is talking about how he doesn't know life without Lindsay. They're forced to be together all the time. He says in a normal relationship, you have time apart. So if you fight and, you know, part ways, you can actually grow to miss that person. But in this situation, it's 24 seven. Mark thinks that's something he needs to know. He needs to time away, see how that dynamic works. You know what? That's a great idea. I think they're instead of a day without your spouse there should be like a week without your spouse like go back and do your everyday thing and see if that's really what you wanted and you know if the marriage is really what you want yeah or if you're like i'm so relieved (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) by myself thank god it's quiet (laughs) peaceful (laughs) he says that there's so many things that are great about Lindsay, but then There are other things that are just outstanding and he doesn't know if those things will get resolved before decision day. So next we have an unlikely meeting. We see apparent best buds, Lindsay and Olajuwon going to a park to talk. He asks her what's going on with Mark and she says that he's really stepped it up in the last week. He says uh, that's good. He likes that she's happy. Lindsay says that she knows that she's a lot. And she just needs someone to rein her in. And Elijah says, yeah, they're both two full-time jobs. <laughs> At least they recognize that, I guess. And she says, but that's what happens when you're a boss, right? It's fun. And a voiceover, Lindsay says that she loves Elijah and it's always nice to see him. They're just buddies. He reminds her of somebody that she grew up with and would have kicked it with in high school. She fucked those guys in high school, and she probably wants to fuck Elajuan. Just putting that out there. I don't see the lie. <laughs> she says that her and Elajuan are very similar in their approach, their directness, and how they handle things. 
So that's why she values his perspective. Olajuwon says, or he asks her if there's more pros than cons. And she says, yes, she thinks that Mark is a good person. They connect on faith. They work well as a team. She really trusts the advice that he gives her. She says the problem is that when they have a problem, he'll talk to everybody else before going to Lindsay. Does this sound familiar? (laughs) Sound like another couple we know? Mm -hmm. She doesn't understand why, because she's never backed down from a tough conversation. Olajuwon says that he thinks the reason Mark does this is because he wants to make sure he's saying the right thing the right way. He knows that Lindsay is smart, and if Mark were to say something wrong or use the wrong term, she might jump on that and then make him in turn feel stupid or dumb. I think that's wrong. He doesn't want to say the wrong thing because she turns batshit crazy. That part. <laughs> like, I don't want to fight because it's going to go to 10 and mm-hmm. I'd rather just turn a blind eye. Right. These tough conversations she's not afraid to have, they only get crazy because she gets crazy. And then she starts yelling and you start yelling and she's triggered and you're triggered. And I'm and done. <laughs> I'm done. But never leaves. Except for that time she went to go sit in that puddle. <laughs> Ruin that prom dress. No. Jeez. <laughs> Lindsay says that she thinks that makes sense. <laughs> Olajuwon says he does the same thing. He doesn't always go to Katina first. Sometimes he has to, you know, do a test run, talk it out first. So then Lindsay asks what uh, their cons are. And she says she knows that Katina's in school and that that might affect their family planning. That line totally wasn't fed by a producer Mm -hmm. because that's totally what I would ask my friend. (laughs) Heard your uh, fiance's in school and that's really going to affect your family planning, huh? (laughs) You know, this relationship's also interesting because Katina hates Lindsay so much. But she only hated him because she thought he hated her. But now that they cool, they cool. Oh, okay. Because Olajuwon says it's okay. Exactly. Duh. And she has to do everything he says. Got it. Got it. Got it. Hello. Do you watch the show? <laughs> he says the real con is just life experience because he's just so much more worldly than Katina. She's <laughs> just a little baby. Can't even tie her shoe. <laughs> <laughs> he says that if you're going to have kids, you need to know how to cook and do different things. And that's what he expects. And Lindsay steps, you know, steps up for Katina and is like, Does. she can cook. She's always cooking for you. But of course, because she's not making like five course meals, that's not good enough for him. So she's just learning. She's making them burn ass eggs. No, <laughs> unacceptable. Those burn eggs are kind of unacceptable. I need you to watch some America's Test Kitchen or some shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> At least for the egg's sake. He tells Lindsay, it may sound stupid, but it's not. It's his life. And he has certain expectations for a wife. No, it sounds stupid because it's stupid. Yes, that. Then Lindsay starts explaining that she has a friend who's going through a similar situation where he thought he wanted a spouse to have dinner on the table for him every night and be a stay-at-home mom and not work. And that's when Elijah cuts her off and says, oh no, Katina can work. And she's like, oh, so you want her to work and work. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, no, no, no. It's just that she's working at home remotely. And again, Lindsay stops him and is like, that's a lot of work. I work from home. And Olajuwon has the balls to say, it's not, not for his wife. She apparently isn't doing shit all day. She has plenty of free time. (laughs) 
which I'm sure her employer would love to hear you say. Right. So, yeah, he says he's at the point where he has to think, is it enough? And Lindsay, again, trying to be rational, says maybe you could do like a meal delivery service and make that into a thing. You know, they all can do that together, like a date night activity. And Olajuwon says, I'm not here to be a teacher. Because he can cook gourmet meals? No, because it's that bitch's job to do it. (laughs) He can't teach shit. He doesn't want to be the teacher. He's the boss. Oh, pardon me. Duh. And Lindsay is like, all right, guy. Get divorced. <laughs> you ha- this is supposed, to- it's a marriage. You have to put some kind of effort into something. Yeah. Then he like goes on about talking about how he would be suffering because of Katina, because he wouldn't be able to do whatever he wants to do for him and what he wants to do with his life because she would be holding him back. And in the end... Lindsay says that she thinks Olajuwon would regret it if he says no to Katina. Probably Mm -hmm. so. It's like, why'd you sign up then? If you have all these experiences you want to go do, go go do them. No, I want to be on TV first so then I could do it for free. Oh, got it. I don't don't think he has enough skill to parlay this into. Excuse me? Genius brain Olajuwon? (laughs) Nope. He did his books already. He's smart. I was like, what are you saying? <laughs> he did his books already. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> what an idiot. Oh, that was funny. <laughs> oh, God. So next we see Lindsay is meeting with her friend Kara for dinner. Kara says this was the fr- Again. I'm like, really? <laughs> this is the person who's Lindsay's friend. Okay. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> So she's saying that the place that they went to is the first place they ever had lunch together. And apparently at that lunch, Lindsay gave her a drink that didn't taste the greatest. Because the place that they're at is like a health food, juicery, cafe kind of place. Kara asked Lindsay if she remembers what she said the drink tasted like. And at first, Lindsay says no. And then she remembers vagina. (laughs) And then... Kara corrects her and says, vegan vagina. Ew. And Lindsay says she would know. In an ITM, Lindsay says that Kara is her work wife and they hit it off like straight away. They're very similar, but they're also very different. But she never has to question their relationship. And because of that, she takes Kara's advice to heart. So back at the table, Kara asks how it's going. And Lindsay does, you know, a hand motion of like, a roller coaster up and down. And uh, she asked Kara if she's ever dated an only child. When she, when she says no, she says Mark is super rigid and there's no compromise, basically. It's all his way. He doesn't adapt well to stress or change. But she's someone that thrives off of chaos. <laughs> you don't say. So they're polar opposites. Lindsay asks Kara what she thought of Mark from the wedding. And she says he seems fine. He seems like a fun guy. He was smiling the entire day so the only thing she says is that he's kind of white bread very bland plain right and Lindsay says yeah he's one step away from velcro sneakers as soon as he has a kid they're coming out Uh, she tells Kara that Mark is a big softy though he's a sensitive one because someone's got to be in the relationship and we certainly know it's not her no she says that what's endearing about him is his empathetic heart he can feel very deeply and that's a gift She says, and also whether he wants to admit it or not, his life right now is in a state of crisis. 
which in turn affects her because she never knows what she's gonna get but she likes that she just says she thrives off of it (laughs) back at the table she tells Kara that she doesn't know if mark is not adaptable or if it's just that he's overwhelmed right now because so much is happening and it's just like hit after hit after hit after hit uh she says that she loves him but he's not giving her sparks and butterflies right now she thinks that the way she expresses how she feels makes him feel like he's doing something wrong or didn't do something right and that's not really the case she's just trying to communicate with him and keep the lines open Lindsay doesn't know if the pros and cons outweigh each other or even if she has the patience to see whether or not he's different outside of these eight weeks Kara tells her go with your heart think about it but not too much because you can overdo that as well Lindsay says Mark will always be her first husband. He may not be her last. He might be her only husband, but time will tell. (laughs) So the next time we see them, they are in the car where Mark is taking Lindsay uh, for their last date. In the car, she's like almost on top of him. Like she's like grabbing at him and irritating him while he's trying to drive. And he is, of course, as usual, telling her stop because he's trying to concentrate and he's driving and could kill you. (laughs) She don't care. She's not wearing a seatbelt. She is, but wearing it incorrectly. She has her like (laughs) arm out of it. Oh. He says that she's acting like a little kid who can't even handle a surprise. She says she hates surprises. It seems like she's hangry because she complains that he doesn't have snacks in the car for her at this point. (laughs) But he says he's going to feed her. But first they have to make a stop. He says he needs to get something from the grandma's house and he needs her help he needs her to hold the door open so he can get whatever he's getting from the house and in itm mark says that the best case scenario is that he says yes on decision day and that he has certainty that Lindsay wants to be together and they can build a life together in his mom's old apartment so that's exactly what he hoped for going into this marriage eight weeks ago then this is when we find out they're not going to dinner at the restaurant. They're having dinner at grandma's house. Yay. Sexy. <laughs> you could take this as uh, projecting the future, right? Yeah. Like imagine yourself here, you know, and we're creating a family. We're creating, like, I understand where he's coming at, but it isn't sexy at all. <laughs> so we see in like the, I don't know. I guess it was the dining room. There's like a table, there's candles, some flowers, there's some string lights in the back. He tried. Lindsay, yeah, he tried to make it kind of a little cute. Lindsay says the past eight weeks have felt like eight years. So much has happened, it can make your head spin. <laughs> she says the last six weeks have been a lot of learning and growth. It's like being in a pressure cooker, but sometimes when you put food in a pressure cooker it comes out soft and juicy and she feels like they're at soft and juicy yeah gross analogy (laughs) back at the table we see that mark has gotten Lindsay's favorite sushi for dinner he says that he's come a long way he remembers back on the first date when they went to the sushi restaurant and they show a clip he tells her that she's really pushing him to try new things uh she really cared for him under tough circumstances He says that the house has never looked the way it is now. And, you know, he's really appreciative of it. He says that it feels more like a home now than it even did back in the day. Hmm. So Lindsay says she does get joy from building a home. So if they stay together, she's going to need a weekend and a $500 budget. And he's like, $500 for what? 
each weekend. That sounded like real expensive, whatever she was naming on. I was like, yeah, she where is she stretching this $500? Cause she's talking about, we need new light fixtures, paint, linoleum, carpet, bathroom lights, curtains. Uh, she wants to remove the panels off the wall. <laughs> like, I don't know how much HGTV you've been watching, but baby, that $500 <laughs> is gonna go quick. Like you can get about you can get about two or three of those things yeah maybe maybe if you buy the like clearance paint that was like the wrong color <laughs> <laughs> you have to be cutting some corners and for sure doing it all yourself oh yeah well mark says he thinks it looks nice and she's like uh no she's ready to step out of the 70s <laughs> uh she asked him if he's intrigued by the idea of creating a space that's comfortable for him and he said that he's at a place where he's not necessarily ready to like gut the house and start over. Uh, he's okay with painting, but he does still have some attachment to some of the furniture and pieces in the house. And Lindsay, like she said before, does not want to live in his past. So she's ready to get rid of everything. Lindsay says Mark is always telling her that she needs to live in the present and be in the moment. And, you know, you can't think about tomorrow. You need to be in today. But it sounds like he's in yesterday. Mm -hmm. So he needs to take his own advice. Uh, Lindsay says that she needs somebody who wants to build and live in the future. Mark lets her know that this particular apartment and his childhood home back in Quincy make him feel a sense of home and a sense of love. She or he tells her if they stay together and move into this place, he would be making space for her in a place that belongs to his family. So even though his mom and grandma aren't there, he still wants a sense of them to still be in the house. And Lindsay says, that's not going to work for her. Again, you just said, this is a place for your family. I want a place for our family. And uh, Mark just says they're going to have to agree to disagree. Mark says they live very differently. They have core values um, that line up, but their hobbies, their day-to-day -day lives, all that stuff is so different. So it's difficult to know what to do sometimes. As a couple, they can get through tough times in the marriage and put that aside to have a good time. They can have the difficult conversations and still enjoy each other. Uh, then at this point, they like go out on the balcony and they start dancing together there's the big drone shot where they're zooming out and you see the whole city there's Lindsay's psycho laughing in the background <laughs> beautiful beautiful what were you gonna say no I was gonna say that um Mark has to compromise here and she has to see what it is though too so like he can't expect her to not update all these old ass things it's very dated and I know some things are sentimental for him, but they need to see what's the most important thing to him, really. is it, And if you really want your wife to make a home here, let her make a home here. On the other side, she also needs to hear that she's he's putting her right up there with his mother and his grandmother. Mm -hmm. Like, this is an important space to him. And it's probably paid for already. Hello? Yep. No rent? Sounds good to me. Yep. So, Yeah. That's something that they both really need to reflect on. But yeah, Mark is being way too rigid about the updating stuff. That's ridiculous. It needs a facelift. What are you talking about? You don't want to keep that dresser from 1957? Just because all the handles broke off. and like... <laughs> <laughs> You just got to jiggle it open. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's good still. She was real quick to dismiss it too. She's like, nope. 
I wouldn't fight over furniture. I would do all the big stuff first. I'd be like, let's do the floors. Let's do the paint. Let's do these cabinets. They're hideous. And then slowly work on everything else I don't. Yeah. Good plan. Good plan. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like she then told him, I don't want to do, I don't want to live in your old house. I don't want to live mm -hmm. on your old street. No, it's weird. But yeah. So <laughs> the last scene, uh, it's the last night in the apartment. We see Lindsay and Mark and Rocky in bed. <laughs> Lindsay asks Mark how he's feeling about the last night and if he's going to miss her. And he says, I think so. In a voiceover, Lindsay says their decision day is approaching and she still has mixed feelings. Back in the bed, Mark says that he's glad that they're still here and he thinks that the cats helped them stay together. They're like kids. <laughs> She's like, oh, we're going to stay together for the cats. And he says, well, I think they just bring a different dynamic into the relationship. If you think about it, two strangers, five cats, all in a new place for everybody. It could have gone left. It could have gone very wrong. I mean, it went wrong anyway. It could have been worse. <laughs> At this point, both Lindsay and Rocky are snuggled up to Mark's chest. <laughs> and Lindsay tells Rocky that she'll miss him the most. And Mark is like, okay, what am I, chopped liver? Like, hello. <laughs> and she's like, no, honestly, I will miss Rocky the most, more than you. <laughs> and she says it's because when she gives Rocky love, he gives it right back. When she says to come, he comes. And when she loving on him, he's loving right back. And uh, yeah, he's the opposite of Mark, who's always complaining and then she does like impression of him yeah. <laughs> that he does not find funny, but of course she thinks it's hilarious. And in ITM, she says that what she had trouble with the entire experiment was trying to figure out where Mark was at. Like the title, she says, are you in or are you out? She says everything was cool in the beginning when they first got married, but once the tough times hit, he kind of started to drift away. Uh, he tells her, if you think about it, whether it's four weeks or eight weeks, every day is an opportunity to learn. Lindsay asked him if he has her figured out yet. And he says, well, I mean, more and more each week. Uh, we've had some really tough arguments. He says that he's anxious because they haven't had a smooth eight weeks. They've had some really tough arguments. And he says he can't live with someone if they're going to argue all the time. Like he just cannot do it. It's been difficult for him to navigate making the best decision that he can under these circumstances. And that's kind of it for them. You know, we see them get packed up and Lindsay hits the bricks. She says it's been real. She's she's playing these mind games like collage one. They're exactly the same. Exactly the same. Filling them with doubt and uncertainty. Ugh. Chaos and negativity. Yay. <laughs> So then the couples get together for flag football. Why are they making them play sports so much? I don't know. Don't they just get a drink? I'd be like, I don't want to go play no I, more sports. Right? <laughs> As we see, it's not good for them. No, 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 no. Like literally every outing that they've had is sports. Why? Yeah, I don't know why. I couldn't tell you. It is fun to watch because they're so, some of them are so bad. <laughs> So they're picking teams. Mark is smart and picks his wife first. He is one team captain. Olajuwon is the other team captain and keeps it real. He's like, no, I'm here to win. Pick Steve. What an asshole. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I'm not either, but still. 
So the teams are Mark, Lindsay, Mike, Jasmina, and Olajuwon, Steve, Katina, and Noi. Jasmina says she feels like elementary school all over again where she's getting picked last, but Olajuwon didn't even pick his wife, so that kind of makes her feel a little better. And we get to an ITM with Lindsay and she's like pumping up her team and then ends by saying that she's one of the more athletic girls. And then they do this really funny trolling montage of her fumbling the ball a bunch of times. Didn't she like almost get nailed in the face? <laughs> yes. Yes, she did. <laughs> and Katina says that this was her moment to shine. She knew she was going to be good at flag football and she is out there like being real scrappy, lunging and trying to grab as many flags as she can. <laughs> and this impresses uh, Olajuwon. He says that, you know, his wife really came out to play. She's the MVP of the game. And then all of a sudden, Mark goes down. He has a, he pulls his hamstring. That's all it was. He just pulled his hamstring. He just needs some water, according to the nurse. <laughs> Tried to tell him. It, it stops the game. And um, then they're standing around. Everybody's glad Mark is okay. Steve says, it's a big week. How's everyone doing? Mark says he feels positive. And Lindsay says she will let him know. Yeah, I like how production made them keep filming. <laughs> yeah. Like, Get up, Mark. We're not done. We have one more pickup. You are fine. Can you stand up? Okay. Just stand right there. <laughs> doctor. Is there a doctor? Send a doctor. Oh, man. He's fine. He's fine. Just put some Bengay on it. Mm, sexy. Yeah. Tiger bomb. Then it's Katina's turn. She says she feels good. She's just trying to enjoy the week. He can do what he does, and she's going to do what she does, and then they'll talk at the end. Olajuwon says, yeah, but they're with each other every day, so. And then Mike says he's feeling pretty good. Him and Jasmina had a talk, and they're on the same page on what they need to think about and focus on going into decision day. She agrees and says for them, it's where they are at mentally and emotionally on decision day. In ITM, Jasmina says that she feels like if Michael and her don't stick to what they said they were going to work on, it would result in them getting a divorce and that scares her. She knows they're in a better place now, but really anything can happen. Noi just says it's a big decision, but it's still going to be a surprise, whatever that means. And Steve said that his unanswered question was really how she was going to be on the football field. And today he got that answer. <laughs> she was terrible. Uh, Mark says that they've come a long way. It's hard work. Just like Pastor Cal said, they had to think about why they came into this in the first place. What did you really want in a marriage? And did you get it? Regardless of the, the things that have happened, did you get what you want? Katina says, try not to let it stress you out too much. What is supposed to be will be. Be grateful that you found someone. Out of thousands of people, they were all picked. Don't stress. Find enjoyment in your time. You have left with your partner. If there needs to be forgiveness at the end, go through your emotions, but don't be bitter. In ITM, Katina says, it's sad because this is the last time they're all going to be together. She wants everyone to be happy and she hopes everything comes out how they want it to come out. Mike tells everyone, whatever the decision, respect the other person's decision. He hopes they all can be cordial and get together after this, and he hopes that it doesn't end sour. And Olajuwon says, you never know what the future holds. And that's the show. 
the way to bring it down, Mike. I know. Bum, bum, bum. That's the show. And there won't be a Cheese McQueens next week because there's going to be a dumb recap show. So we're going to take the week off because we don't like those recap shows because they're super boring and dumb. Yep. I especially do not care what the people that have been on this show before think. And I knew Gil's thirsty ass would be back. I knew it. He is full of shit. He needs a check. <laughs> he is full of shit saying, oh, I'm not materialistic. I don't want it. Blah, 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 blah. I'm not here for the fame. Oh, but here's my P.O. box. In case you want to send me something. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Not a Gil fan. Okay. There's plenty others. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. But, uh, yeah. Okay. Jasmina and Michael, what do you think their answers were going to be? I think it's going to be a yes from him and a no from her. I'm going to be hopeful and say a yes from both. I think maybe she's just being drama because she genuinely enjoys him. But not like that. <laughs> All right. Uh, Steve and Noy. Those idiots are going to stay together. They are. They are. And move into Steve's mansion. <laughs> we'll see. But She'll change her tune about wanting to live on her own. When she sees his house. Right. His real house. His real not house. his TV show house. <laughs> what about uh, Katina Lajuan? Please, Katina. Please. <laughs> I think he'll say no. I think she'll say yes. I don't care who says what, just as long as they don't end up together. <laughs> How about Mark and Lindsay? I think they're both going to say no. I think they're both going to say yes. Mm. <laughs> All right. Those are our official, our official answers there. Our predictions. As far as the poll that was on last week's episode, um, it looks like 83% of the vote said that Mark and Lindsay should say no on decision day. And the other 17% said Katina and Olajuwon. Well, I'm not surprised. (laughs) And I guess we're expecting Jasmine and Michael and Stephen Noy to say yes. They got zero votes. Well, the question was, who should absolutely say no on decision day (laughs) so i'm not surprised by those answers but um all right well thanks for joining us if you have any cheesement to send us you can send that over to our social accounts on instagram we are the cheesement queens podcast and on twitter we are cheesement queens you can catch igby on twitter live tweeting on decision day so it's gonna be a fun time But uh, yeah, that's all I got. Igby, you got anything? I'm done. All right. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye. Bye, baby gorgeous. (laughs) Who's that? Miles? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) (laughs) It's a housewife reference.